What's tricky about recognizing a toxic person is that they don't always cleanly and neatly fall into these categories. And more importantly, in my opinion, and this is what I mean when I say nobody's talking about this, they don't always constantly exhibit these traits. In other words, sometimes it's not on the surface, it's down below, and it may only rear its ugly head every once in a while. Make the world Hey, hey, I'm Steve Norris. Welcome to Better Place Project, where each week we shine a light on amazing humans from every corner of the planet who are doing extraordinary things to help make the world a better place, including sharing their knowledge with us on how we can be living healthier, happier, more purposeful lives. Hey, everybody. In keeping with the mission of the show that you just heard in the intro about living happier, healthier, more purposeful lives, We've recently set an intention on the show to invite some heavy-hitting relationship experts and coaches on the show. After all, the relationships that we nurture, they do play a huge role in our happiness and just the overall quality of our lives. We've had Matthew Frey on a while back who wrote the best-selling book, This Is How Your Marriage Ends. We had Quentin DeCamp a couple of weeks ago, and these two have been a couple of our most popular episodes by far. And we've got a few huge guests coming up in the coming weeks about uh, about relationships, where we do deep dives in relationships. So definitely stick around for that. But I've recently gone through something that I wanted to share with you. And it's a topic that we really haven't talked about on the show. And perhaps that's because I, you know, I like to keep a positive vibe here. I mean, after all, this show is supposed to be a place to come to be inspired and to learn to grow towards being our best selves in the world. But the reality is that none of that can really happen if we are allowing toxic people into our lives. And I had come to the realization last week that there is a friend or an ex-friend in my life that is toxic. And I absolutely needed to cut them out of my life. And it's not an easy decision. This person has been in many, many ways, a good friend for about five years. And there's a second friend also in the last year or so that I've had to do this with as well. And prior to this, I've never done this in my entire life until last year. And there's a reason why I think it's happened twice now, more recently. And it's because I've been on this path of trying to be the best human that I can be, trying to grow spiritually, trying to raise my vibration in the world, trying to choose love and spread love and kindness anywhere and everywhere I can. And I've come to discover that I now have a zero tolerance for toxic people. But what's interesting is that I always used to think when I'd hear people talking about cutting toxic people out of their lives that are constantly negative or abusive or ridiculing or bullying, et cetera, I always thought, wow, I guess I've been pretty lucky in that I don't really have any toxic friends or family members in my life. But as I've gotten older and wiser, I now see how clearly wrong I was. And But I realized there is one major element of the conversation, in my opinion, that is missing from most of the discussions about toxicity and toxic people in our lives. Now, if you Google 
toxicity or toxic, what is a toxic person? The obvious things will pop up. They're negative. They're constantly manipulative, judgmental. They make you feel bad about yourself, self-centered, passive-aggressive, anger issues, uh, controlling. All of those things pop up. But what's tricky about recognizing a toxic person is that they don't always cleanly and neatly fall into these categories. And more importantly, in my opinion, and this is what I mean when I say nobody's talking about this, they don't always constantly exhibit these traits. In other words, sometimes it's not on the surface. It's down below. And it may only rear its ugly head every once in a while. For example, this friend that I've just kind of had this blow up thing with has, he's been a buddy of mine for like five years, as I mentioned. He's got some great qualities. And what makes this difficult is that he's been there for me through some tough times. He can be extremely kind, generous, thoughtful, etc. All the qualities that you love to have in a friend. But there's a dark side to him that can kind of percolate. And so many of the characteristics start popping up, the negativity, the judgmental, passive aggressiveness, and then followed with explosions of rage, either directed at me or friends of mine. And this has gone on for years, but since it was, eh, it happens every now and then, and I didn't really consider it toxic. It's just, we'll call him Bob. It's just Bob being Bob going through some things. I've tried to help him through issues that he's going through. I've had to forgive him multiple times in the past. In fact, I actually had to cut him out of my life once about a year and a half ago, but he came back, showed remorse. He cried. He said he doesn't want to lose a friend. He asked forgiveness and I felt compassion for him and empathy and I let him back into my life. And again, he's a great guy. A good part or most of the time. And that's one of the reasons why I think so many people, for example, stay in abusive relationships or marriages with spouses and partners because they can be so sweet and loving until they're not. And in fact, in the business world, there's an 80-20 rule where essentially 20% of your customers give you 80% of the business. And conversely, 20% of the problem customers cause 80% of the problems. And I think that 80-20 rule works in relationships as well. It's the same thing, but looking at the behavior as a whole of a toxic person, is their behavior 20% of the time, if that's toxic, that can cause problems in your relationship 80% of the time. And that's not a healthy relationship. It's a toxic one. In fact, I'd argue... In this case, probably the numbers are closer to 5 and 95. Probably 5% of the time, if a person is toxic in your relationship, that can cause problems in the rest of your relationship 95% of the time. And when you let toxic behaviors into other areas of your life with you know your friends, your coworkers, and family members, literally only 5%, for example, of all the people in your life that are toxic can cause problems. The majority of all the relationship problems across all areas of your life, your friends, your family, your spouse, your girlfriend, what have you. It's just a poison that seeps through every layer of your life. 
And a problem I've had is that I like to think I can save people to help them with their past trauma. And it's taken me years to realize that it's not my job to save them. And we need to be asking ourselves the question, what price are we paying by allowing toxic people to remain in our lives? Toxic people actually isolate us from people who are actually good for us. So we need to stop it and surround ourselves with people that are good for us. So a few signs that someone is toxic and essentially behavioral red flags to look for. Toxic people are always right. Now, that's something I'll talk about in a moment as well, but that's, that's toxic behavior that I've shown in my past that I've you know, always felt the need to prove that I'm right and to, you know, present the facts and, and all of that. So we're going to talk more in a minute about that as well to make sure that we're not being toxic also. But toxic people are not honest. So more than exaggerations, when you see someone that's constantly spewing out huge lies about themselves or their life or their family or what have you, big red flag. Toxic people love to be victims and blame everyone else for their behavior. Toxic people don't take responsibility. It's always everybody else's fault. Everybody, he's an idiot. He's a jerk. They're horrible. Toxic people have a way of making you become toxic yourself. And this is a big one. In fact, the contagiousness of toxicity is a natural defense mechanism. Howard Bloom in The Lucifer Principle explains how increased toxicity of cyanobacteria was one of the first evolutionary adaptations. So bacteria actually evolved to get more and more toxic in order to survive. Well, the same applies to us humans on the macro level. So the more we surround ourselves with toxic people, literally the more toxic we become. That's pretty scary. And I would add to that, ask yourself, how do you feel after spending time with people in your lives, with certain friends, when you go spend an afternoon having lunch uh, with a friend? How do you feel after that? Do you feel down? How's your energy? Were they complaining? Were they miserable? Were they mad at the world? And not that, and that's another thing I want to pause on for a second. We all have problems and we all want to vent to a friend. And so very good people have problems and, and so forth. What I'm talking about is consistent toxicity and not that someone has a problem in their life or they're mourning a loss of a loved one or they're dealing with issues in their life. Those are natural things that we all have to go through and we want to be there for friends in our life that are going through that. But we're talking about true toxicity here. So we want to surround ourselves with people that lift us up, that don't bring us down. Stop giving time and attention to those who are unworthy of your time and attention and realize it's not your job to save them. When we keep toxic people in our lives, we are abandoning ourselves. I'll say that again. If you are keeping toxic people in your life, you are abandoning yourself. When you put someone else's needs above your own, you are abandoning yourself. Please don't forget that. And another thing that I think is often lost in this discussion is it's so easy to sit back and say, who's toxic in my life? I'm going to cut out him and her in my relationship or this friend. But it's incumbent upon all of us to also look inward, look in the mirror and ask, where are we being toxic as well? Every dynamic requires two people. 
So even if the friend is the primary aggressor in a difficult situation, the effect and meaning of that aggression are always co-created by you or by us. Hence, we would be remiss if we didn't reflect a little bit and see where perhaps we played a role in all of this and also figure out where we can learn in future relationships. So a few questions we may want to ask ourselves. What drew me to this person in the first place? Where did our values and goals and priorities come together? Which conflicts did we run into? What role did I play in these conflicts? So, and a huge one for me, and perhaps the most salient for me, was what red flags did I miss or ignore? There were quite a few red flags. There was a, there was a red flag a couple months ago when this person called me and said, basically pretty upset saying, what are you doing spread, spreading lies out on the internet? And I'd, I'd put a post out on Instagram saying happiness is a choice. You can make a choice today to create your own joy, create your own happiness. And this person was furious with me because I uh, was misleading people. And uh, I explained to him, no, sorry, I believe that with every fiber of my being that we can create our own happiness and joy. And he was very, very upset with me and even said he was worried about me as a friend. That was a red flag that I missed. Well, I knew, again, I just chalked it up as Bob being Bob. But in the future, I will notice those things a lot more than I have in the past. And I need to ask myself, why did I overlook that behavior? Guys, when you're trying to change your life, you're trying to grow, you're trying to improve as a person, there are going to be friends, quote unquote friends, that are going to try to hold you back. Misery loves company and they want you to be miserable along with them. That is toxic. That is cancerous. And like cancer, it needs to be removed or it will take you down. And another question we need to ask is, what role did this person play in my life? And what role did I play in theirs? So was the relationship equal? Was it manipulative on my part in any way? Was it one-sided, unclear? Did one or both of us fall into kind of a dysfunctional pattern? And yeah, there was a little bit. I was a bit of an enabler, I think, in some places in this relationship that I need to have some reflection and make sure I don't repeat some of these behaviors. And because looking back, I wasn't really helping this person. I'm not trained as a psychotherapist that can help him with some of past traumas that he's had in his life. Again, it's not our role to save toxic people. What did I look to this person to provide me intellectually, emotionally? What did they look to me to provide them? These are some valid questions that sometimes when we ask ourselves these questions, we may be surprised at what answers kind of come to mind. Were these healthy needs and expectations or were they unrealistic or dysfunctional? So these are all things we need to be asking ourselves and asking ourselves, where am I being toxic in my life with my friends and families and with my lover, girlfriend, husband, wife, what have you. And Fritzy Horseman, who was on this, who was on this podcast a few months back, um, she's the founder of Compassion Prison Project, and she talks about violence. And she says sarcasm is a form of violence. The need to be right is a form of violence. And that really kind of hit me square right 
between the eyes uh, because I tend to love sarcasm. And in some cases, I think it can be fun and harmless. But can it also be toxic? You betcha. Needing to be right? Yeah, that's a form of violence. And when it's all the time, when you're constantly having the need to be right, that is toxic. So we need to recognize where we are being toxic in our life. And as Peter Crone says, anytime there is an absence of love, it is abuse. And he says there is a period at the end of that sentence. Anytime there is an absence of love, it is abuse. So that's definitely something I'm trying to keep in mind. Am I choosing love in all situations, including how I depart my friendship with this individual? Am I doing it in a loving way? Am I not being vindictive? Am I not trying to explain to him everything that he did wrong and that sort of thing? It's probably just going to make things worse. Am I trying to tell others how to live their life? Invalidation is a form of toxicity. So again, that's something that I really think is healthy for all of us to do, to ask ourselves, where am I being toxic in relationships with my friends and family and, and so forth? So, so in summary, let's surround ourselves with people who want to lift us up, who want to cheer us on to be our best selves, who want us to pursue our dreams, who want us to be happy, and who bring us joy. Stop giving time and attention to those who are unworthy of your time and attention. Step one, we need to make sure we are not being toxic in any way towards the people in our lives. Step two, let's surround ourselves with like-minded, positive, loving, supportive people that truly want the best for us. And let's truly want the best for them. And then we're making our collective lives better and making the world a better place. Thanks to our producer, Noah Existe, and editor, Joe Tampoco. Our music was written and performed by Algian Importante. Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast brightened your day in any way, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review. If you have any ideas for potential guests or suggestions on how we can improve our show, please email us at betterplaceprojectpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voice memo by clicking on the microphone on the homepage of our website. For updates on our show, please follow us on Instagram at Better Place Praj or head to our website at betterplaceproject.org. Look for small ways to be kind to others this week, and that will help make the world a better place. Make the world.